0: All right, welcome back, everybody, to episode 17 of Unboxing Judaism. My name is Rabbi Arya Wolby. And I'm Rabbi Yaakov Nagel. And welcome back. It's been a little bit of a, a, a break. You went to Eretz You went to the Holy Land of Israel for Shavuos. How was it? Amazing.
1: I recommend everyone to go. It's a trip. Maybe we should do that with our un- unboxing group.
0: Oh, definitely. Whoever's definitely. interested, we'll make it. Our listeners, please also. reach out. Unboxing at torchweb.org. I look forward to, to traveling with you to Israel. If you're interested, we'll do it. Rabbi Nagel, the topic today is quite an interesting one, I think. Arranged marriages. you know, we've heard I've heard from so many dozens and dozens of people who attend our classes. They ask me, what's the whole deal with arranged marriages? What's going on? Like you just you know, set your son up with some girl, uh, you know, with the, with the, you know, the fathers get together and they just decide that their children are getting married. Uh, You have a daughter. You find some young guy, and they just have an arranged marriage. What's what's the deal with this whole thing? So, Rabbi, what do you say? How do we shed some light on this? So, you you know, your kids are just becoming
1: that age, so you're getting a little bit experience. I'm a little more experienced. I have quite a few children that are currently in that stage, and I just think that definitions are very important here. But before we get to the definitions, I just want to.
0: Let's look back to the Torah. And I, I think just as, a, as by way of introduction, a long, long time ago, we did a podcast on Fiddler on the Roof and how Fiddler on the Roof is one of the worst movies ever for the sake of authentic Judaism because there's so many mistakes that people think is Bible. This is law. One of them is arranged marriages. Is that sort of like, I think it was Tzaitel, has no choice But to marry this guy. She has no choice because that's what the parents decide. So many people think that, oh, that's the way it is. It has to be that there's an arranged marriage. Right. Maybe it's better to look at the Bible. At the Torah. The
1: actual Torah and uh, see from there. And there's interesting is that what I find fascinating is that in all of our Avos, we find three different paths of how they met their wives. We don't see much about Avram, but he married his own niece. So that was like someone he knew. He grew up with her. Um, It was his brother's daughter. Him and his, and one of his brothers married. The other brother who passed away married the daughter. So they should uh, help. There were, uh, there was only a 10-year age difference, I guess, between Avram and his wife. And uh, that was, uh, that's one example um, so it was just a, a family relationship. He knew her growing up and she had no father anymore. He died young. And that was, uh, that was his wife and his brother also married, uh, also his niece, the same brother's daughter. That's one. On the other hand, we have Yitzchak, who was prearranged. That was clearly what went on over there. Um, uh, Avram was not happy with the options in uh, where they were from. He sent his uh, servant Eliezer to go find a wife from the family, somebody who he knew carries similar values to what he has, and he wasn't comfortable with the people of the land of Canaan. And that's the second example. And the third was where Yaakov went himself and uh, uh, sought out a wife. He went to uh, uh, Lavan, and he ended up marrying two daughters of Lavan. So married uh, Leah and Rachel. So it's interesting that if you look at the others, they, they found, um, they found their own way to their match. Okay. So that's interesting to think about that. It isn't one size fits all. But I think the biggest mistake is really understanding is thinking that, uh, the system that's done by Orthodox Jews is exactly one way. Basically, the parents just decide, and they give their children a fait accompli. I don't believe that happens really anywhere. Um, even in the most right-wing orthodox circles, that's not how it works. They do a lot of vetting in the beginning on who might be a good match. They take it extremely seriously. But what does happen is is that it's the it's the, when they meet, they make their decision whether they want to pursue or not. And that's the way it's done. Um, trust me, it's not arranged. What it is arranged is that there's a lot of thought in advance to help a potential couple to meet. That's what's arranged. And I think we have something that is very important. It's a big lack in the world. is like these people who are... Um, Let's say in the secular world, how do they find a the match? It's like I don't know. It's, it's like it's it they're they're at a loss. There is no there is no way.
0: Right. So it it's interesting like this, because you know, what's this whole idea of you know what we call a shidduch? A shidduch is an arranged uh setup where this couple will get to meet each other. So I want to just define it for our listeners so they can understand. So Let's take uh, Joe and Jessica. Joe and Jessica are, you know, in a bar. Each one is there with their friends and they don't know each other. But Joe sees Jessica from the corner of his eye on the other side of the bar. And, uh, you know, their eyes catch each other. And he musters up the courage to go and ask her out. Finds a a good pickup line. Yeah, a good (laughs) pickup line. And there we go. And now they start dating. So what does Joe really know about Jessica? Nothing. Everything he knows about her is emotional, it's attraction, it's uh, perhaps desire, it's motivated by many different things. But he doesn't know anything about but it's her. It's completely surfaced. That's... It, it totally surfaced. There's no character that he knows about. Now let's take a different example a boy, Yaakov, who's sitting in yeshiva, and a girl, Rachel, who just came back from Israel from her year after high school. And they're being suggested to one another. They didn't see each other. And 99.8% of the time, they don't see each other prior. So here, Yakov uh, will get a phone call, and someone will say, you know, I have, an, I have an idea for you. And I'll say, okay, what's the information? They say, oh, Rachel, so-and-so, and, and they give all the information. What's the information? What does that information include? It includes who, his age, about his personality, you know, his... uh medical situation i think is very important for people to find out is there any medical history that they need to know about you know how he did in school he'll have references there personality personality he'll have references from his teachers and neighbors and relatives and and you know dorm dorm uh, friends uh, just a a a mixture of information that can be available for someone who's looking into this guy into this girl the same thing Once he says yes, it'll be suggested to the girl. And then if he says, yes, I'm interested in meeting this girl, Rachel, they'll call up Rachel and say, Rachel, we have an idea for you. The boy said yes already. He's interested in going out with you. He looked into you and your family and so on and so forth. And now it's her chance to take a look into him. And she'll look into his family. She'll call up references. She'll call people in his neighborhood People, call his rabbi. They'll call his rabbi exactly, and they'll find out exactly what's going on with this family. Is he a nice person? Is he a mensch? Is he somebody that um has good qualities? Are there any skeletons in the closet? Anything we should know about the family? You know, et cetera. Et cetera. Is, is the father honest in business? Is the is the mother? Is she? Are they people who do acts of kindness? Are they people who are beloved by others? Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So before Jacob Yaakov re- meets this girl. Rachel and takes her out on a date. Way, way, way before that ever happens, they know about each other probably more than most people who are married won't know about each other for ten years.
1: And those, not, of not, those, Joe and Jessica's right, it's who met the random uh, information, it's things that are relevant. And the point being, is he be, going to be a good husband? Is she going to be gonna be, gonna be a good wife? Can they be a mother, a good mother for for your children? Right. The main point is, and this is really why. It's it's the crucial difference is that it, these are targeted ideas. These are ideas that were suggested by usually somebody who knows both parties, this, both parties, and they're they thought about it and they put some thought into it and they recognize what they're looking for. There's many times an interview where the person who's suggesting the idea, let me know a little more about you so I can find out so I can think of ideas. It's targeted. It's not you're not relying on nothing there's somebody who's thinking and putting thought into the idea so it's not uh and that's to me a very big factor that's makes a big difference in uh hopefully
0: better results that's the idea it it it, i don't think it could be understated the importance of getting the intellect involved before the emotion because what happens is when this yaakov and leah go out for a date So till now, everything that had to make sense on the paper, everything needed to make sense. It makes sense that these two people should get married. Now they have to go out on a date and see is there chemistry. They have to see if there's attraction. They have to see a bunch of different components that will make this a successful couple. But just a random guy and a girl meeting in a bar, there's no information. Imagine, imagine... You know they're together. They find he he hears one morning he wakes up and she's on the phone with her mother, and she's yelling mom and she's yelling this and yelling that. She sees she has he he sees that she has a really bad temper. What's he going to do now? Here's this doll that he met in the in the uh, in the bar, who he's so attracted to, uh, completely completely uh you know infatuated infatuated by, and. Now he sees that she has these terrible traits. What's the likelihood that he'll have the ability to say, you know what, this is not for me? They're in love. But if you do it the other way, where you get the intellect involved first, nine out of 10 times, you'll find out that information beforehand. Doing your proper research, having the help from Hashem, you'll find out this information beforehand and you don't have to get your emotions involved. You know, it's not relevant to you. It's not a good idea for you. And now you move on. Next idea, and like this, what happens is I think that I think that the Torah tells us that a man and a woman are not allowed to get married without seeing each other and approving the marriage. The Talmud tells us a woman and a man cannot get married unless they both approve of getting married to one another. There's no such thing. This whole idea of an arranged marriage. Look, I have this is the normal, traditional, orthodox way of couples meeting each other the hasidic community is almost exactly the same but they date much less they date much less and it arranged marriage never means that the husband and it's wife decided yeah it's like they did this netflix series of this uh, hasidish uh, couple they got married and she was forced into she wasn't forced into nothing okay She was at a a stage in her life where this is what she decided was right for her and then perhaps things changed in her life so she decided it wasn't for her anymore and it's a way to disparage an entire community. Heaven forbid, that's not true. It's not true. You're not allowed to get married without first seeing the person and saying that this is the right thing for you. It's an important thing to
1: recognize also, especially in, uh, let's say, the Hasidic community. There's, there are, Hasidim have a combination of, uh, of of values that is so common one to another. There, there's automatically going to be a lot of similarities already. They typically would like the same food. They grew up in the same environment. It's going to be a big difference that it's like, and there's an interesting Gemara that says that a man should specifically want to marry someone from the same city that they're from.
0: And you say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Why
1: would that be? The answer is, is that there's so many things that create discord in a marriage just because they do things differently that, they're, that are different. If they're from the same community, they're more likely to have that common, just living
0: the same way and doing the same thing and
1: it's just gonna help in that ma- in that area.
0: It's a big as challenge. is as is marriage has its, uh, challenges. its challenges. It has its differences. You know, men and, men and women are different worlds. And as is, there's enough to work on. I always say that marriage is a is a workshop in character development. It's about constant refinement of the character. It's constant working on ourselves to become a better spouse. And a better person and a better person as is just even the best match the most perfect fit will have their challenges now once you start adding components of being from different towns different mentalities different cultures different languages different i mean i know my my parents <laughs> may they live and be well my father's israeli my mother's american and they had an amazing amazing marriage but they worked very 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 hard for that marriage to be as successful as it is. They worked very, very hard. And it was apparent to all who knew that it didn't come out of thin air. Everybody knows, you know, they have this this thing that they're selling in Hollywood of romance and you see them just walking on the beach and everything, they lived happily ever after. But you see, the reality is that these Hollywood actors can't maintain a relationship for more than three months. So it's not as easy as they showed in the movies and it's fake what they show in the movies. What we're trying to do in, in a Torah lifestyle is to try to limit disasters in marriage, which is why I believe the the success rate in marriage is like you maybe have 5% divorce rate in Torah observant homes, 5%. And that's a high number compared to what it was uh, 15 years ago before media was so uh, pervasive and influencing our culture. So I think that it has affected us to some degree, but still nothing compared to the 60% that's out there in the world. Six out of 10 marriages out there in the world will end up in divorce. But in the Torah observant community, I think that number is significantly, significantly less less than 10%, perhaps even less than 5%. I think step number one of that is finding the right match that they're compatible. There has to be, there has, they have to be compatible coming from the same universe. And the same value system, that's the very important thing.
1: Values is such an important role, it's an important factor. I want to I just be honest and be straightforward here. I'm not saying that this system, the Shidduch system, is perfect in every way. It certainly has its flaws and it's not perfect. It's just not a perfect system. That being said, it's, it's at, the best. It's the it's it's it's, it's the, the best that, there is. It's what there is. It's it's at least a system. It's at least is there's people thinking intentionally about a girl and about a boy and about trying to. I mean, I know my wife works many hours. Uh, she's a busy woman without it, and it's not just my wife. But it's a it's a value that people are intent are really putting focus and trying to find good ideas that are targeted that make sense for for a boy and a girl that's something that is lost in a secular world i'm just sorry it's not there and that's um and to me that's that's huge that's a big thing to think about that maybe it's not perfect and maybe it, that first meeting might be awkward of course
0: they don't know each other really and, and there's no physical contact till they get married so there's also that element of really taking the person for who they are and valuing who they are and keeping out completely any component of, like you said, infatuation or lust or, or any type of external uh, elements of the relationship are really cast aside till after they get married.
1: Again, is it perfect? I, I, don't, I don't say it's perfect. But is it a system that actually works? And is it something that is there that makes it easier, at least, for a single girl, a single boy, to find um, who they're meant for? So, of course, we God helps arrange all the marriages, and it's only God that, that is arranging the marriages. But that being said, we are thinking of other people to be that shaliach, that messenger, so to speak and that's the value system that the orthodox world is espousing and it's something that's worth thinking about and i i believe that that's something that really to be honest with you let let the secular world learn from that it's a, it's it's a system that's much better that's all i'd like to say
0: about no yeah, there's also you have a, there's a an amazing website i've heard of called the eharmony where they they match different uh they put together or you put a fill out a very long survey and you, you talk about your personality they ask you questions that really pinpoints different characteristics that would match a different I meaning they they get into the essence of like really who you are and before you get to see pictures and before you get to get it to get the attraction the emotions involved it really gets down to who are you, and what are you looking for? What are your goals? What are your aspirations, and what is it that you're looking for in a wife, in your part, your life partner? And they have a very high success rate. The reason I believe they have a very high success rate is because they're taking away that component of the the emotions that really flood us when you know can cloud our vision. It can cloud, it yeah, exactly. It can cloud our vision and distract us from. Really focusing on what's really important to us. So, bottom line is is uh, it's uh,
1: it's something that again I think it's misunderstood. People think that it's arranged. It's not arranged. It's helped along. That's really what it is. There's other people involved that are trying to make the process easier, more targeted. And they and that's what it is. So, so it, what do you mean by arranged? Is arranged is misunderstanding what what they're doing. They're helping it along. That's really what it is. It's, I do. Is somebody else involved that's trying to make it work or help it
0: work? There's coaches. It's a system. That's what it is. I, I do have a suggestion of how it could uh, it could work a little bit better, but I know it's it's going to be up for a lot of controversy out there. So, so I'm not, I'm not here to, 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 to poke the beer and I'm not here to, to suggest anything that would, God forbid, potentially be inappropriate. But I would say that if a guy has, let's say a range of like 20 different girls that could fit, everyone has the, this within a certain range of, of, of things that could make sense. The problem is, is that that first date is a three hour date. And there are some times that you just walk in the first minute and you know this is just not it. It's just not it. So now you're wasting the next two hours and 59 minutes of that date. It's not on a clock, I know. But you're wasting your time because you know this is never going to work. This is not, right? In such a case, I think that doing something like speed dating, which you'd get 20 males, 20 females, and they sit with each other for three minutes. And it's just, it's a yes or no. Is this something which is a possibility? and sometimes it's a yes and sometimes it's a no it's not even a possibility so then move on it would and,
1: save a lot of time it would That's save a true. tremendous amount of time there is i mean uh, to be honest there there's a lot of attempts at that idea and it does uh but i think they wait till it's like older singles and they don't do it at a at a younger age and it's a, and there's room for improvement like i said nobody's saying the system is perfect but it's at least to me the important point is it's at least a system it's at least there's thought
0: into an idea that's valuable it's very valuable all right my dear friends you know the talmud says in the beginning of Sota that what is god busy doing all day god is being mezavik zevugim; he's bringing couples together he's putting husband and wife and getting them to meet each other and that's how hashem runs his world is all of the things that lead to that point where they meet each other and hopefully uh you know get married and and have a, a successful life together it's another very important thing. Is that my my great uncle would always say, by Sheva Brachas, the week after the wedding, he had a an idea that he would talk from the Talmud. It says, "Be Maarava Hayu omrim." In Maarava, they would tell the groom, Matzah or Motzei." The Gemara says, the Talmud says that they would say in in the West they would say to the groom. Did you find or did you find? Because the, the there are two verses that talk about marriage. One is Matzah, Isha matzatov. You found a wife, you found goodness. And then there's another verse that says, Motze, Marmi mavis. I find this woman bitter like death. So they would say to the guy, to the groom after he got married, Did you find or did you find? Which one? Which which way? So so his question was he says, that should be a question. That should not be a statement. Instead, they would say Omrimlo, they would say it to him. Because always, no matter how good the couple are meant for each other and how good that 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 match is meant to be, if you don't work on it, it's not going to succeed. Every marriage needs work. Every marriage needs success. The only reason we have such a system is to facilitate a system that works, that helps. And that hopefully will be conducive to healthy, vibrant marriages, those that are successful and those that are happy and those that are healthy. And God forbid not ones that, that cause any pain or suffering to anyone. I want
1: to share a, a you know, you mentioned that Gemara. I want to share a, a thought that made a very strong impression on me when I first heard it also at, a, at such an occasion, Sheva Brachas, you know, the week after a marriage. And the idea is this, the difference in the tense, is matzah is past tense, and mote is present tense. So the matzah, Yishamatzah Tov, is the past tense. You found past a good wife, a good wife that is good. Mote is present, then it's bad. So the lesson is this, is that if you are unsure whether this is the one for you, you're still trying to figure it out, then it's present tense, then it's motzi on Yeshua, whatever comes up, you start questioning, you start saying, well, maybe she's not the real one, maybe she's not the right one. You're questioning. That's moze. But if you just know that God put you together for a purpose, and this is your wife that you've found her already, then it's motzi ishomastot. Because if situations come up, you're going to work on it, you'll figure out how to make it work, and it makes all the difference. So that self is a an insight.
0: All right, So my dear friends, we want to hear your matchmaking stories and we want to hear uh, your opinion on this matter as well. Please reach out to us at unboxing at torchweb.org. We look forward to hearing from you. And uh, if you have any questions that you'd like us to address in future episodes, please email us as well. Until next week, my dear friends, have a fabulous, fabulous week and should be filled with success and happiness and finding our true, uh, Each each person should merit to find their true Uh, match.
1: Amen. Thank you.